welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We're your weekly comic book reading show that talks about almost exclusively First Issue comic books. Whether you have a tattoo that says, we live in a society, <laughs> or you're more in the speed of, I've looked at some of the comic book shirts at Target, and I don't <laughs> think I'm legit enough to buy that cool looking Wolverine shirt. This podcast is for both guys. Or girls. Or either. Do you think there's any women dumb enough to get a <laughs> We Live in a Society tattoo? Or a Target Wolverine shirt? <laughs> that no. Maybe leans more towards in, Wolverine In general, women women make better choices than men, and I think that's why you see- <laughs> That's maybe why I gendered Yeah, I've seen some intro. pretty cool Wolverine shirts, though. And-, and Target's like they're not terrible at this nerd shit. Like those t-shirts. They're honestly not. I go in there and I think those are some some of the better comic book shirts I've yeah. seen. Yeah, I they, would they figured be, it out. I'd be fine to own a like a button up with a Ghostbuster logo on it. I don't yeah. know if I go that far. Yeah, I, that's I, not I'd, me. I'd stick with the T, the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they do like straight up just like Todd McFarlane covers on shirts. Now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to be a nerd. Before we get started. What's our game fuel for comics? What are we charging ourselves up with? Space Camper from Boulevard Brewing Company, Cosmic IBA. Thanks for being our sponsor, Boulevard Space Camper IPA. We've got two, count them, one, two comic books that we're going to be covering. Coincidence, they're both first issues. Did you listen to the intro, idiot? We're going to be talking about <laughs> May's book, which is a Jeff Lemire comic out on Dark Horse this week, and then... Not a Black Hammer tie-in. <laughs> I was surprised. Right. I honestly thought it was going to be. You never know with those titles of his. Unbelievable, what, Undead Unteens? Unbelievable Unteens? Yep. Was I think a, a uh, Black Hammer book? Most confusing tie-in <laughs> name ever. <laughs> it's like I pick up a new book I think is an original. I'm like, oh, this is a Black Hammer. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> and then our other book is going to be Dead Box on Vault, which I'm really excited to talk about. Which is a haunted red box, just as yeah. the liner. A exactly quick spoiler right. <laughs> for the book we're going to cover in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Let's get into that 20 minutes Greg referred to. Look. Talking oh. about some Cormac book news. You guys have any... Hot things straight off depresses. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say this. If you come into a comic book podcast this week and they're not talking about this, you just shut that off, you unsubscribe, and you come over here. Because right. the issue at hand is Substack, my friend. Still. It's still, still su Substack. It's still Substack. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. It, it just gets juicier. Essentially, the story here is that it's been revealed that Substack is coming after... The biggest names in comic book writing, no illustrators as of yet, yeah. um, some teams, some creative teams, I guess, uh, and saying, we'll give you $600,000, seems to be the average going price. That's a lot of clams. <laughs> to do 100 Substacks, 100 publishes, and essentially publish like some books on Substack, of which you get to keep the rights after you've finished to print if you So like. they mean like 100 posts. On the Substack service. We did a little digging, and I can't tell if it's like all of them have to have comic books in it, but they do have to publish like comics in the Substack. That seems complex. It is. It's also like, I don't understand why you wouldn't just take the deal. <laughs> if you have like comics just kind of brewing. I My only thing is I'm guessing is because you have to find somebody to do the artwork, and then that money could go pretty quickly. 
Sean Phillips mm-hmm. and Ed Brubaker said no, which is a big deal. Which is crazy. Kelly Sudeconic, Matt Fraction, famous couple, uh, are considering it. Jeff Lemire got this offer. Took John, it. Yes. Jonathan Hickman got this offer. So if you need a loan, get after <laughs> Jeff Lemire right now. First Issue Club hasn't gotten the offer yet. I haven't checked the email today, so I'll, yeah. I'll give it a glance. And we'll, And honestly, we're and this is kind of like the caliber that we're at, we'd have to consider it. I'd have to say, I don't I don't know, mm-hmm. actually. That's a group effort. I mean, we all may have different schedules, so we need to collaborate with that. Right, yeah. This sort of this whole thing kind of reminds me of corporate espionage where you find out like a competitor has made godfather offers to like all of the people who sit at the board <laughs> and then all of right. a sudden they're like we own everything turns out they're really disrupting the mm-hmm. industry. If you if you give them credit for anything, it's that no one has really been a big comic book industry disruptor. And for the longest time, <laughs> since bad idea, people have been saying like this is an industry that needs to be shaken up, and people have done it in the most minute ways. Right, mm-hmm. and this is like a big shakeup. So, so kudos at least for that. It, so look, look at this too. This divide. Oh, go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say it's a shakeup in the way of just like it is uh, annoying and kind of still murky in how they're all gonna do this. It's just. Basically taking popular writers away from books from the big two primarily, so this it is disrupting DC and Marvel's schedule, but even the artists and writers that get picked up and on Substack have no idea what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah, They know I, they took the money from Substack, they got to do something. I think they're going to do something, but also do their own thing. Like, we were looking at the Jeff Lemire publication, and it's like five pages per publish, which is no fun way to read a comic. Nope. So, I don't know exactly how that's going to unfold. We were looking at the value of Substack because we're like, how much money do they have? And they're worth $45 million, but cash on hand is like $21 million. Mm-hmm. With the offers... We know you guys are one of those the, numbers, those hard these are numbers. Es- these are estimates. Yeah, I guess they don't, because they're not public yet. Right. But estimated from the offers we've seen at that price, they... If you have tw- around $20 million on hand and you're offering people over half a million dollars a piece to come. With the names that we named, we're looking at 20% of their budget they did they uh, cash on hand that they offered out. Yeah. They're they're risking this hard. Yeah, we're this not, is we're not talking risk. yearly budget. We're talking like their entire savings. Yeah, I think they like, <laughs> this is a risk that could blow up for them. Totally. You got to wonder if the end reward is like, is it having good content and having these people here? And subscriptions, or is the draw by having some authority because of these people, more amateur writers and other people join, which bring in money through like smaller avenues. You right. know what I mean? Like their their market value has to just be growing and growing and growing with every name and just the amount of buzz. Maybe the goal is to sell short. Yeah. They sell short term when there's just a bunch of storm oh, and conversation that around might be it. Yeah. We're you gonna find know. out Time Warner bought Substack in about Don't, a year. It, it, I would <laughs> just, I would just say their end game might not be just like having Jeff Lemire and Kelly Sue DeConnick on on staff. That's a, that's a great point. Think about four weeks ago when we said we were quoting James Tunyon saying, "I got the best deal deal offer that's ever been offered." Ever been offered? What a kick in the balls to be like, and ten other people got that offer too. Yeah. <laughs> Not so unique now, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, it's still amazing and a still great offer. And it's we're talking like the top ten of the the best writers in the industry, really. Uh, f- kind of interesting though, too. We're also talking about writers who 
I guess is they would have to do this, but famously write indie books. Like they haven't gone after anybody who's been like big two mamma jamma, except Tinian. Well, I mean, ex- and Hickman exclusively is what I'm saying. Like, um, oh, people that have exclusive contracts, or or somebody that's who's probably why because you can't. Yeah, or somebody that's more known in the big two than they are. Like, I guess Hickman is probably more known in the big two. So it's not a good example. But but I Hickman, think Tinian is more known in the big two as well. When but that's Batman, that's that's only of recent, like in the yeah. last five years. Sure. I think we're different consumers than for sure. Yeah. So yeah. we like independent stuff. So more you're saying you, you haven't that. seen like Mark Wade or you know any of those guys, Jeff Loeb get a, a, a Substack? Yeah. Who's the like? Who's the Superman big guy that they got from Marvel? Christopher Reeves. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no! Yeah. You're talking. <laughs> yeah, Christopher. That'd be a hard one to get. <laughs> I, I think he would turn down the six hundred thousand. You think he would? You think so? From the you, grave? You're wondering who's writing Superman right now, or who is like known for writing Superman? The guy that came over from Marvel. Oh, Wonder I, Books, Bendis. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like Bendis isn't going to get this offer. I think it seems like they're going for. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You see what yeah, I'm saying? No, there? I, I, yeah, I hear yeah, you. Yeah. It, it seems like Substack is going after people that are like around their forties. <laughs> Whereas, Late 30s, early 40s, yeah. hot writers, like piping hot writers. Yes, not people who've just been in the industry forever right. and like people know their brand and all Which that Which is probably stuff. why Ed Brubrick was just like, fuck you, I don't need in. this. Yeah. Well, I just need my cowboy books and I'm out of here. Yeah. No, you're right because it's like they need people who are like willing to be like, yeah, I'll change up the medium. I don't give a shit. I don't actually collect these things. Uh-huh. I read them for the stories. Well, pe- guys like Dan Slott too are just like, I'm Marvel for life now. I'm yeah. comfortable yeah. doing this. The, I'm a lifer. The other thing, and this is might be another reason why they're offering the deals in such a manner, is because they're going after people who don't who aren't locked up with ex- with contracts. Sure, yeah. Because then like they don't have health care, <laughs> right? Like they don't have like all the benefit like they they might have a really cush contract deal, mm-hmm. but they don't have all the other stuff that exists there, whereas like a Dan Slot Who's like on, on <laughs> Dan's Mar- got dental on Marvel's payroll? He gets glasses every year, you know. Yeah, and so that's his, his kids are covered. That's, that's how different. good yeah, Dan yeah, Slott is. Yeah, he with might Marvel. not be making a lot of money, but his uh, Warby Parkers are different every year. <laughs> <laughs> and we've we've mentioned this before, but the big puzzle piece on Substack is that that they're throwing a lot of money at writers and not necessarily artists. And you wonder if Jeff Lemire has got to say, "I'm taking this." six hundred thousand dollars and with it i have to pay my letterer my colorist well and all this stuff if unless he does it i was gonna say jeff lemire was maybe a bad example but they tunyon is a better example he he doesn't Mm -hmm. uh he's i don't think he's ever done not that i know of any art for any of his books he has not no Donny Cates, on the other hand, hell yeah! But Donny Cates <laughs> r- teamed up with Stegman. They got like a duo deal. Oh, did they? Which is they're releasing their Kids Love Chains or Kids Like Chains imprint through Substack. Oh, great! Now, are we gonna have to bring Crosstalk over to the Substack now? We will not be doing that. <laughs> Crossover still on Image, so Crosstalk is not disrupted. <laughs> okay, good. Shitty or not, getting a single Substack account and sharing it with your buddies who also read comics. Not shitty. Not shitty. I do it with Netflix, HBO, all that shit. Well, here, here's the thing about that that I would say it's a little bit different. This is like more of a closer akin to a Patreon, and it is shitty to share a Patreon account. Yes, it totally is. Um, but at the same time, you may have said early on Netflix or Spotify, it's shitty to share, and then both of them 
kind of threw up their hands and said, "Fuck it, you can have a family deal. Like, yeah. go ahead and share. People we know we share. know everybody's doing it anyway." Yeah. So. I understand that. I it's, share my title. Account. It's harder for me to do that because, well, like we talked about earlier, I have I personally have five artists or writers. If they did go, I would follow them. At seven dollars a piece, I can't afford you know anything else. And if you guys have five, you want to follow, and you have five, you want to follow, and they. So your point, your point is, you wouldn't be spent buying them anyway. I'm not going to reduce the amount of comic books I buy weekly to get a Substack subscription. Same. Yeah, and no, so that's no. that's where it fucks me up. Yeah. yeah, especially if people people keep saying and keep saying, "Oh, we can take these and still publish them wherever we want." But okay. will they? <laughs> I'll buy the published thing. I don't know. Right. Right. All right. Next topic. Um, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited <laughs> got an update today. A very huge update. As of nine ten, or is this really? Nine? Yeah, and. They got a new logo for their app, and now they're releasing webtoons and a or new, web comics a new, like, through interface. Yeah, a cleaner interface. The app doesn't shut down on you as much. Like they heard your screams into the ether, everyone. They fixed the Marvel Unlimited app. I had so many problems with this. I can't tell you how many times I've opened up a comic mm-hmm. that I've been it reading, just crashes. and then yeah, one it crashes. Two, it skips to the end of a book. Mm-hmm. It'll show me like the first panel of the last page. And right. I'm like, huge spoilers. Cool, that guy's dead. And so, yeah, and then it's like, do I even go back at this point and start the next book? Yeah, so they, they fixed all those issues. Okay, awesome. So they got a lot of exclusive deals through, like, Jonathan Hickman. Kelly Thompson has a book out about Jeff the Landshark. X-Men Unlimited is written by Jonathan Hickman now, exclusively on Marvel Unlimited. Whoa, really? Hickman's right. getting all these digi deals. But the the thing is, so these won't be printed eventually. These are just Wait, digital releases. Okay, I understand. It's cool. I, we shared an account for a while. Yes. I think we still have an account. We still have a shared account. Um, sorry, yeah. sorry, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scotty Young's doing a book called Giant Size Little Marvels. Oh, oh, little baby and shit. It, his 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 baby. Wait, we literally talked about this. When is he going to get an exclusive baby comic? And here it is. Right right in front of our faces. Yeah. So none of these are out yet, right? They dropped today. Oh, okay. Looks, yeah. Oh, looks like uh, Mike's not sleeping tonight. <laughs> He's going to be too busy reading these yeah. new books. Ooh, right. watch the table. It's, it's, he's pop it, about to pop it up with his rock-hard penis. Well, one thing they're not doing a good job of is, I'm just going to ignore that, uh, <laughs> is presenting those to you on the homepage of this. Yeah, you kind of have to be in the know. You have to, like, search for it. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Not, not the greatest. Um, it's a weird thing that like we're doing the news hit for them, because it's mm-hmm. like the news hit is should be on their app. It well, should be cr- like, ding. It's crazy that you guys are telling me about this now, and I'm a I have unlimited, <laughs> and, and you, I'm a huge Marvel head. And you use the the app pretty fairly frequently. I, I, every day I read a comic on this thing, and <laughs> I, <laughs> this is news to me right now in this moment. Weird. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh, have to there's look a Shang Chi thing too. I think. Yeah, Shang Chi, and then um, there is a prelude to Amazing Fantasy, that comic book that came out like a month ago, that were they're all dead. And oh they, yeah, yeah. Fantasyland yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah. And so webtoons and digital comics are increasing in popularity with the younger readers, mm-hmm. like Substack. It's different than Substack though. I know. Yeah. So I think this is maybe a smart move for Marvel to definitely get new subscribers to their service. What's Marvel's cash on hand? <laughs> I think like 
50 bucks. <laughs> it's got it's Disney's cash on hand. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, I think they're fine. It's unlimited. <laughs> they, they can they dare name, to they take. Name, they name the app uh, after the amount of cash on hand. They yeah. Have. How much unlimited? <laughs> N- next year, George Washington's going to have mouse ears on the dollar bill. That's how much money they have. All right. Well, I'm stoked then. More content, and I'm already paying the subscription fee so we should yeah. we should cover uh, Bring num- it on. number 1 of uh land shark we could I, I didn't even think about that do we do that is that what our show we've done digital comics before mm-hmm. i guess yeah. we have yeah and the last bit of news i have there's a new event coming out later this year called timeless it involves king the conqueror initially joe bennett was supposed to be the main illustrator on the book he has since been replaced by greg land um if you don't know joe bennett has been drawing Immortal Hulk with Al Ewing. Joe and Joe Rogan. It recently been announced or been exposed that he is <laughs> another classic <laughs> budget king joke. <laughs> I was trying to blow right past well, it. Yeah, you know, I was just saying they're both hateful people. Joe Bennett has come out as kind of anti trans and he put in some questionable uh anti Jewish Rhetoric in some Immortal Hulk issues. I remember so, that. Yeah, some, we, like, we covered it. Symbology and yeah, things. Yeah, so Marvel Symbolism. Marvel has since. Symbolism, that's right. I always get, you've corrected me on that a few times. <laughs> well, I just don't want you to sound like a moron. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> when I say, Any other thing you say is fine, I, but. Well, the thing is, too, if I say symbology, it sounds like I think I'm smart. Right. But, you, but you're, that'd be, when you're using it wrong. You're trying to say the word symbolism. I'm trying to say symbolism. Yeah. But right. I say symbology because I've read too many damn brown books. Well, I feel like I'm watching. I was wondering. Boondock I was like, right I've now. never heard anybody else miss it up, and that is exactly why. Oh, totally. Because I had to look it up what it meant. Yeah. And Ro- it's it's the study of symbols. Robert yeah. Langdon is okay. a symbologist. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. That's, yeah. Well, I I assumed it was. No, he, now who's does, dumb? Does he have a new book coming out? I think he, I keep seeing these like pop-up ads on my internet searches. Um, I think it's that they're turning the Washington DC book into a TV show. Is it called and The Lost Symbol? Yes. Okay. That's what I've been seeing. I think it's going to be on Amazon or something. So that that book came out like 10 years ago. Is Tom Hanks attached? No. They even though it is a sequel in the novels, they're making it a prequel for the TV show so they could cast someone younger. Will you be watching? Yeah. I think I'm going to watch it. Okay. What's Dan Brown doing these days? Uh, probably Cashing swimming fucking in, in his money yeah. like Scrooge McFucking Duck. <laughs> Dude, it's got to be rich as I, fuck. He also turned down Substack because he goes, yeah. I, he goes too much money. Yeah. I have too much money. I can't possibly take <laughs> any more. Put it. I'm I'd running explode. out of bank accounts. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. My house every, has 40 wings. Every, no more every day is Thanksgiving of money. I, I can't buy any money. more Ferraris. They're stacked <laughs> on top of one another. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Budget King from the First Issue Club, and I'm here to tell you, well actually, come over here, check it out. This is the first time that I've seen my penis in 15 years, and it'd be the first time you'd be seeing it too, because I finally got these weeds chopped down with my Lawnmower 4.0 Manscape, where you can get on manscape.com. I found a solution to getting my raisin freckly penis out into the world. It was hidden in dark shadows. It was a musty little beast of a man down there, and now it's frolicking like a golden god that I have removed all of these pubes, and I only did it under the safe guidance of the Lawnmower 4.0, where you can get on manscape.com. But if 
I've convinced you to also do the same, to free your plum dick. What I want you to do is I want you to use the code FIC20. I want you too to say, have the same bald experience that I do so that your penis can be free only at manscaped.com and using the code FIC20 where this freedom can be yours. All right, let's get into our books, baby. Okay. I want to talk about Deadbox first. Okay, yeah, you've That's been hyped. That's the one I'm most excited about. You've been hyped about. on this book. Yeah. It's a vault comic. Definitely the most unique book I think we've read in a while. Like, premise alone. To give you an idea of what sort of comic this is going to be, it's a little set up like an anthology. Yes. Wherein... Great. That's I was looking for the word. That's great. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Every... It's symbology. Every... <laughs> <laughs> every week, or sorry, every issue, there's going to be another person who gets a DVD out of this machine. Mm-hmm. We're going to see bits and pieces of the movie they watch, and the movie kind of telegraphs what their fate is. Yes. So their life unfolds before them in a movie, and then apparently it gets more and more sinister as the story goes on. I love the fact that they took this thing that's been kind of successful lately, or it's having a comeback. Oh, like Haha and Ice Cream Man? Exactly, right? Oh, yeah, Silver yeah, yeah. Coin, all these like anthology books that are doing kind of scary horror stuff but this one has like a main character and kind of a through line right Mm -hmm. which made it a lot more i guess relatable easy to pick up easier to pick up next time Mm -hmm. and stick with this like kind of an ongoing arc i like that about it and the aspect of this anthology is that the red box machine um is packed with movies that nobody's ever heard of right (laughs) and and so when they rent a movie from it then the movie unfolds. You're also like getting what they rented at, at like like whatever sci-fi fantasy or whatever thing they they might have yes. scored. Our first book shows our main character, and she's got a dad who's sick, and she's helping out in this convenience store, right? I believe it's his his red box machine as well, right? Are we? He owns find... the yeah. red box machine, yeah. and like the basically what we're getting the idea of is the only convenience store. In this like teeny teeny town, it's like the only place to get movies. So I think we're gonna have like a free like a, a normal cast of characters too, mm-hmm. which should also make this easier to absorb. And when they come in and out, and this is a thing too, visit like the it, shop. I, I think I think that like there's a lot of towns where like red red box is the thing. Yeah, and they're still thriving even though Netflix exists. Right, and it's got to be smaller towns, right? Yeah, I think I, they've tried to uh, compete and add video games to their kiosks as well. Uh-huh. So there was a time when Redbox was in like every single McDonald's across the right, country. Right. <laughs> like in Kansas City. <laughs> Heart I, disease in Netflix. I never see them anymore. Yeah, they're they're in some shitty Walgreens. Still. Are they? Like, yeah, Walgreens and CVS is where you see a lot of Redboxes now. Yeah. In my uh, yeah, and some in my grandma's like shitty town in Kansas, the line is miles for the fucking red box. <laughs> Good God, there's a digital option. <laughs> they want the physical. They're like the comic book collectors of the rental age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just want a chore to go with it, so you can have it the old-fashioned hey, way. Hey, it sounds crisper on DVD. Yeah. I, I I own. Four red box movies. <laughs> oh, because yeah. I forgot to return them in the window. The no late fees. Yeah, yeah. no, there's late fees. <laughs> <laughs> if you have it, if you have it for two weeks, they just said congratulations. You now own Herbie Unleashed. <laughs> Is that a? That's a. Uh, that's my girl, Lindsay Lohan's in yeah, that. Yep, that's yeah. a Lohan production. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, so okay, dead box. Yeah, okay, so I want to kind of ask you guys, I had a hard time wrapping my head around the first one a little bit, and I wanted to see if you guys tracked the lesson or the story in the first one the way I did. So her father, who has been sick, has a movie on his bedside table, which is called like Thinner or something. And you see him and he's like deteriorating mm-hmm. and losing all his body weight, blah, blah, blah. It makes sense. That one's really literal. Yeah. Right. But the movie that we're watching is his daughter, the store clerk, which is like this sci-fi adventure wherein we discover other life on another planet. And then this guy gets put in a spaceship that takes 50 years to mm-hmm. reach that other planet. So our like civilizations can meet each other, mm-hmm. basically. Right. Did you guys, one, enjoy the story? And two, what do you take away from that? What's this clerk's fate? Okay, so this is a great question. One, I assumed that every movie was going to lead to death. Yeah, and right. And that's not necessarily the case here. Um, two, uh, it the first time you enter into the movie sequences in the comic, it's jarring and you don't actually know what's going on. And when that happens in comic books, it's a little bit of like a you lose the reader uh-huh. mo- moment. So I had to go back and like, situate myself now that it's clear what's happening yeah i'm gonna start that part over again. and it was a great reading experience yeah. once i situated myself in that like kind of like quick kind of head jerky moment and isn't she throughout the book reading like a textbook or a school book about like ownership or what it means to like have ownership of something like it opens with like the a phrase about like attaching yourself to the land you're from and like Owning the land you're from, that way you like you resonate with it more and like you protect it more. I think they're quoting Kierkegaard a handful of times, and I don't know that it's necessarily like a textbook thing. Are you talking about the, like the narration in the book? Well, she's like reading a book, okay, at the counter that she where she works, okay. And I think that's I think she's reading that book, and like we're Got getting it. her like internal monologue of her reading, okay. So I thought like there was like some symbolism there, but because like, she lives in like a dead end town, right. So I thought that it was interesting that she is watching a movie about leaving a place uh-huh. and trying to find something different. And then when you arrive there, it's not exactly what you thought. Right. So I thought maybe they're going to play with that of just like she's wanting to get out of this no-name town. Like, But is it really greener pastures where she's going to end up? Yeah, right. The The idea, too, that the guy spent 50 years on his way to do this like amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think resonated too that there was isolation and before you know it, you're like life's gone by. Mm-hmm. And the, it's interesting to me that her fate was to like live out her life alone. <laughs> right. And then like realize she never really did anything. So here, here's Except my... for 50 years later. So uh, Mark Russell wrote this book who maybe he should be getting a Substack deal because he's been hot recently. Uh, he did uh, Not All Robots, he did Second Coming, and he did Snagglepuss. So, uh, we Huge recently covered fans him. of Snagglepuss here. Yeah. Uh, so he's been doing great shit. This book is really well written. Um, a problem that I have with books that do this, where it's two different storylines, is my tiny little pea brain likes one story better. Mm-hmm. And when the other story comes on, I'm just like, okay, okay, okay come, on, come on, come on, come on. I got to get back to the other one. And the small town story is a little bit, to me, more intriguing than mm-hmm. the unfolding of the video story. So I had a, it's, it's like a little bit of like a more meatier read. 
Yeah, that's funny. I totally was the opposite where I was like enraptured by the idea of this like movie. And do you think he predicted that two people of different backgrounds wanting two different stories come to pick up one book oh man and get a different message from it's like the a book. neapolitan ice cream and and when mike dean budget king share neapolitan ice cream all strawberry for me all villanilla for him villanilla. and then we leave <laughs> villanilla villanilla we leave the chocolate for greg or caitlin depending on we split it who's with me uh I, yeah. I like that the stories like left some room for thought and interpretation that it wasn't like yeah which is typical for mark Russell. it wasn't like a car crash and then a car crashes like the, in the next the page. movie's name is car crash <laughs> yeah right like it could have easily been that like when i read what the concept of the book was i wasn't expecting this much like nuance and storytelling right. so it, it, it seemed like it was going to be surprise. a version of final destination yes yeah oh, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah and you try to escape your fate there's room to make yourself feel smart by trying to understand the symbolism ah, in the book. There we go. I think you mean symbology. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, dead box, pick it up. Vault, you did it again. Pick of the week. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it that. Sweet. That's the second pick of the week. Uh, old old Marky Russell's gotten in the last. We two need months. to mail him like an uh, an award or a check, a plaque. Yeah. <laughs> Him, let's clean our teeth. Mail him our plaque. Yeah, we should. We should yeah. give. We should give him a plaque. You two, two, he, two picks of the week. You think one, he'd... he's never gonna give us an address. <laughs> two, I would pay for it if he said, I would gladly accept a plaque if, from if First Mar- Issue Club. If Mark gets at us and says he would accept a plaque from us, I'll send that fucker a plaque. Oh yeah, oh, one. I'll send two, him a trophy. Two day. I got a good hookup on Amazon with plaque maker. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say custom plaques. Amazon. Type in Amazon. It's Amazon. fucking easy. I is did, that your hookup? Is that your plug? I did, Amazon. I did it for a coworker, and they were like, they shit themselves. And I was oh, like, these are beautiful. Oh, yeah, those are like, exquisite. Yeah. And we, can I say, not to be rude, reasonably priced. <laughs> Very. So, Mark, we're good get, enough for a fun joke. Mark, we're getting your ass a plaque. If you if you want one, you're, we'll give you certified pick of the week, first issue clubs. Back to back. He's a he's a dual winner. Yeah. The the last two books you published have gotten picks of the week. Get at us. <laughs> Your art here. I feel like all that, I'm going to give away for the rest of my life are gag plaques. I hope I hope that that's what our podcast is known for from now on, is mailing out plaques <laughs> mailing to our plaques. fans and creators that we love. Sending people fucking plaques. Oh, yeah. What do I do with these? Hang, hang it, them up. Hang it on your wall. Quote us. Yeah, put them we, in your office. Hey, it wouldn't be the first time we've been quoted. Wow. I wonder if we can change the font. The font's a little rough. <laughs> no. But it's, that's it's, the plaque font. It's a sans serif. Yep. Let's move on to Matchbook? Nope. Let's move on to Maze, Matchbox? Mazebook. Mazebook. Jeff Lemire, bad title. I'm going to say it. You had a forgettable title. I think someone needs to check on Jeff. <laughs> In his title making? No, this book was <laughs> real sad. Ooh, oh, very sad. This was a heavy and, read. And if he has been known because he draws on his life before, like, mm-hmm. I think that Canadian hockey book and underwater welder mm-hmm. seem to be a little bit life referential. And sure. Lawn, lawnmower man. I'm getting that name. Grass wrong. King. There we go. Uh, if this is in any way self-referential, he's sad boy. Uh, this book was typically uh, typical of Jeff Lemire, wonderfully written, beautifully illustrated, very sad. <laughs> 
and like very sparse emotional. Here's the other thing about a Jeff Lemire book, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. The description is the like summary of the book. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you basically say, whatever this guy's job is, occupation, just shit with buildings. Mm-hmm. His daughter died, was into puzzles, and is like lost in the labyrinth. And he has to like maybe go find her, right? Well, yeah. Her, his daughter passes away, and then he gets a phone call at three o'clock in the morning from an unknown number, and it says, "I'm in the center." Well, but but he gets that phone call at the end of the book. This is what I'm saying: is that the description we just gave you is the whole summary of the book, but the reading of the experience of reading the book is like 21 pages of being like sad and checking mm-hmm. checking your emotions and understanding. It's not the adventure that you're going on it's the emotions which is the beauty of jeff lemire and i think the adventure we're going to go on is one of grief (laughs) acceptance yeah and uh how to deal with losing someone and that's what i like about comics this is i I love this comic (laughs) book that's the ride you signed up for it is yeah yeah give me give me the sadness i think we got some pretty good tears coming up for this one i i loved this book i was i no surprise that i was blown away but i just like it was as it was a slow burn in the best way. Yeah, the daughter also has a red sweater that they talk about. This old ratty red sweater mm-hmm. um, that she loves, and it was her father's, I think. Was it his? Yeah. And I think that there's going to be something with like going through a maze and like the line you draw with your pen is and, the... and the yarn that leads to her from mm-hmm. the sweater. Yeah, yeah they, kind of like I think they've done a lot of imagery that's the symbolism of <laughs> of the maze. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um I mean it's there's actually not a ton to say about this book besides like that it's an, it's very sad. Like I mean, the concept of a single dad losing their kid, their 10-year-old kid is pretty epically tragic and then messing with it about like that they're not actually dead and figuring out where they might be is kind of the the story they're gonna and there's always and there's this like underlying subplot of he's aging he's old he's like in his 50s and he hasn't moved on with his life as far as finding a new love he's like kind of like stuck in his routine of go to work come home shower go to work, come home, shower. And like, so he's kind of, he, he muses on the idea that he's already dead mm-hmm. because the routine is his death and he's just waiting for an actual death to come. So I think we're going to get, a, uh, you know, some acceptance of grief and then moving on with his new life that he, he, he gets from his acceptance. I hate reading stuff that really points out how cut paste your daily life and mm-hmm. routine is. Sure. <laughs> Cause I'm like, shit do i need to like reevaluate my life and go do something different and then i'm like now i'm pretty content actually right and then i'm like but is that fucked up is it sad that i'm content with the copy paste copy but it gets it gets my head spinning in this like dark space that like i'm i'm thinking about myself and my life and death too much when i read things like this well think of it like this you have a career you like you have a life you're living you're going to be welcoming a new child into your life soon. Mm-hmm. You're living a life. So he's had sex at least once. Yeah, you're living a life. This character isn't really living anymore. He's experienced so much loss, and he's not doing anything new. He's just coming home, going to work, and that's it. Like I, That was my thing. I didn't realize 
I didn't have a dead 11-year-old. <laughs> Sometimes you need to be reminded. That's the thank you, Greg. You go to basketball games. You I've, live in life. I've been lifted. <laughs> you lift me up. Hey, it's what I'm here for. The world's most mediocre life coach. <laughs> You're doing stuff. You're fine. By the way, life coach is a bitch fake job. It's an easy job. It's like you don't need a life coach. You need to just like talk to somebody. Or... Some people. Oh, you mean like a coach? I. You don't need to coach your life. You coach a sport. If you can't, if you need your... the idea that you would pay somebody, you have to pay someone to for coach that. your life. It's like it's I, I gotta, up. I gotta get up and drink a chocolate smoothie, and then I gotta like my job more, and I gotta ask my boss for a bigger raise, and then I gotta get more friends. Nope, I just summed it up for you. You don't need a coach. It, some people get a mentor. If they have ask enough someone money... you respect to be your mentor, they'll say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get a better relationship with your parents. Maybe that's the kind of mentor they want, though. They want to pay for someone that just gives them positive affirmations. Okay. That makes sense. Would you turn down that job? It, I come to you. Oh, I go. I say, I want to give you $600,000 a year. I know be this, my life coach. This job's a joke. I would be a life coach in a minute. I would love to hustle like young losers into thinking that I knew something that they didn't know. That'd be my dream job. What do you think consultants do all day? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'll t- I'll take that job in a minute. Some some somebody some young college kid graduates now can't get a job right and they think the problem is they don't have a, a somebody coach in their life sign me up pay me that money. It's interesting that you say someone younger than you. That's how it works. No, you ever a met a coach? Co- you ever met a, 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 like a basketball coach, coach? A life coach is someone coaches who aren't is like, perceived as having their shit together, and someone who doesn't have their shit together. They gotta have experience. Wants that in their life. It doesn't fucking matter if your if your life is so disheveled, you'll take any guidance young people, possible. Young people are too cool to be a life coach. Life coach is a dumbass Gen Gen, gen X job. I have great news. There's eight <laughs> font choices <laughs> on the uh, plaques on our plaque. Fuck yeah! Is Ariel one of them? Yeah. Thank you. Wingdings. Uh, Helvetica. I think. Corm- oh, oh my Corm- god! Cormoran Georgia. Germond is gonna be. No, the one. we're gonna go Helvetica. No, no that's too. Fucking get out of here. No hip. Hip, it's just standard. It's I'm, like a cheese pizza. I noticed bubble letters aren't <laughs> an option. Yeah. Oh my god. I said I brought it up now. Yeah, that's you were trying to get us off the life coach talk and you did successfully. And now we can end the podcast and bid you adieu. First issue club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or FirstIssueClub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at Patreon.com slash FirstIssueClub.